Sorry about that, guys. I was just looking for wherever in the world Jalen Milrow was trying to throw the ball this past <laughs> week. Welcome back to the Southern Showdown podcast. It is week three. We finally got some uh, SEC matchups. I know we kind of got a preview of an SEC matchup with that Alabama-Texas game last week. But, uh, yep, here we are climbing into week three. Uh, last week, man, it's kind of sad. Last week I went two and eight with my spread my spread picks. I <laughs> uh, do not do good with the SEC. I'm a lot better outside the SEC, y'all. y'all check out the TikTok. <laughs> but, uh what would you have with us? I definitely did not do a lot better, but I went three and seven, which puts me at eight and eleven <laughs> total in the past two weeks. <laughs> we started off horrible, yep. <laughs> absolutely horrible with our SEC picks, but we're gonna turn it around. I'm gonna have a positive record by the end of this week. That's my goal. Yeah, granted, the SEC's kind of been letting us down, have they not? I mean, I have we won an out of a conference game yet? That's not been an S- FCS opponent. I think we're besides like Tennessee and Virginia. I'm not sure. I'm, I think I heard three and eight against non-SEC opponents or something this past week, or maybe I mean, week one. Uh, so we we can't feel bad. We're just trying to back the SEC. <laughs> Overall, I am six and thirteen. You guys on my SEC picks. Um, just just hasn't been a great run at the beginning of this year. Uh, sad to say. Um, so I guess we'll climb into last week's recap, and we'll just go ahead and climb into the one that all y'all want to hear about. Uh, Steve Sharkeesian and the Texas Longhorns march into uh, Alabama Stadium and just, just take care of business. Um, you know, this was a pretty even matchup game. It was a – I wouldn't say it was a back-and-forth game because Texas really kind of owned the game. They, they, they controlled the game. But I don't really look at this game as which team played a whole lot better more of which team made more mistakes and which team played worse. And that answers Alabama. I mean, Jalen Milrow with the two interceptions that end up inside of their own territory, inside of their own 30, that result in 10 points. You have a 10-point loss here. That's kind of that's kind of how I see it. But uh, all props to Texas. I mean, I guess I'll go ahead and hop on the train that Texas is back. I'd, I'd say Texas is back. But what I won't hop on the train and say is that the, the Saban and Alabama dynasty is over. Uh, whoever's saying that, I mean, you gotta got to be kidding me. With people storming the fields the past two years whenever they beat you and the people react the way they do uh, whenever you get beat by a team, obviously your dynasty's still going. Uh, I don't think Alabama's going anywhere. So I will say something. You used to hearing we want Bama chants, but this past weekend you heard some we want Georgia chants from the Texas Longhorns, and that says something about what Kirby Smart's doing over there, that Georgia football program. Speaking about Georgia football, Donnie Mitchell once again just slaughtering at the Alabama Crimson Tide. I think he had two receiving touchdowns. He had that one bomb that he caught, and uh, he also caught the game-winning catch in that uh, SEC championship and national championship game. Yeah. So uh, And against Ohio State, too. And then he went decided to go ahead and transfer to Texas. I'm pretty sure that's where he's from. Uh, Might have been for NIL. Texas is a big NIL location, but – Jalen Milrow, like you said, just did not look sharp. He looked like the Jalen Milrow of old, not like the one we saw in week one. Right. The one in week one gave a lot of Alabama <laughs> fans hope that he worked this past offseason and, and improved, but he just looked sloppy. I mean, there was one pass he threw into, like, triple coverage, and I didn't, I had no clue who he was trying to throw the ball to. It just went uh, yeah. straight to a Texas defender. And uh, <clears throat> I guess I can't really say much because Tennessee did not look very good either. <laughs> but, but I just thought uh, Texas controlled the game and – that's an impressive win. First 10-point loss at home for Saban during the Saban era. So right. that's 
that's just absolutely insane. He's Quite definitely impressive. definitely the greatest coach of all time, in my opinion. Yep. I'm uh, sure he is uh, not pleased with the Donnie Mitchell. I mean, it's, it's got to be like, man, I kind of hate that kid <laughs> <laughs> at this point with the two game. You know, the two games. Yeah. You know, sure. uh, Jalen Milrow, man, when he's on the ground, he he runs like he's like he stole something. But uh, he's got to fix out his problems through the air. His deep balls look pretty good though. Uh, the next one, you, you got a little something for us on the Vandy Wake Forest game. I couldn't keep up with all of them this week, uh, so. You know, I know they should have done better than they did. It's kind of hard to keep up with games because we were at the Tennessee game, and that right. was honestly such a disappointing showing that I, I, I really made me sick to my stomach to watch any football. I mean, we were sitting there, we were like, "Why are we smiling right now?" We're up ten points against Austin <laughs> P. But Vanderbilt, this game, they just kind of shot themselves in their foot the whole game. To be honest, I mean, there was AJ Swan threw two interceptions, I believe, and they just there was a lot of turnovers and miscues and. Things that didn't go Vandy's way. I know they had a. I know Vanderbilt had a punt like fumble recovery in the. It ended up being a touchdown. So I mean, they also had some things swing their way, but they just shot themselves in the foot too much. That Wake Forest kind of ran off of this one. It. It just um, should have been a closer game than it was. Sixteen points is not very indicative of how the game went. Yeah, you know I was a little bit high on Vandy at the beginning of the year and. Like I said earlier, they lost their first game, and like you said, uh, the first of many. <laughs> it is probably going to be the first of many. Uh, you know, I predicted them to, at the beginning of the year to beat Wake Forest. Uh, looking at the stats, though, it looks like A.J. Swan threw the ball pretty well, uh, at least a good amount of yards, but looks like Wake Forest kind of killed them on the ground. Uh, so that's really all I've got for it. I, I couldn't really keep up with it, but uh, sorry for Vandy once again. Uh, next one we'll climb into is the Georgia Ball State game. We were able to check this one out at least in the first half. It looks like another kind of a slow start for Georgia this year. Uh, I don't know if any of the Georgia fans are worried about that. Like I said at the beginning of the year, I think they have South Carolina uh, circled for this first game uh, SEC contest, you know. So maybe they're just out there practicing against these teams and uh, trying to put it together as they go. And uh, if so, they sure are good at coming back in the second halves and just destroying these teams. Uh, Georgia's always been a good second-half team, and they look like they continue to do that now. So uh, at least that's something positive to look at for Georgia. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it was definitely another slow start from Georgia. But, I mean, think about last year. We saw a couple of slow starts against Missouri, against Kent State. It's teams that they shouldn't be letting play with them, but they're kind of playing with their food a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the same this year because – I mean, they had two quarters where, I mean, they didn't even score at all against Ball Playing State. with their food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they also had three interceptions and a punt return. So, I mean, it's not like they just ran the ball down their throat and threw all over them and just dominated. There was multiple times where they started with great field position or they had a great special teams play that helped them win the game. So, I feel like once it gets to SEC play, they need to step up. And this week they're playing South Carolina. I think they're definitely going to get the best of South Carolina just because their pass rush and their obviously South Carolina's offensive line has had a lot of struggle. I agree with that. But Georgia, I think they need to kick into second gear like they did the second half of the season last right, year. At least at the beginning of the games. I mean, yeah. I know, you know, who knows if South Carolina gets an early start, you know, Rattler throws one deep. Uh, you know, you don't like to play from behind. Georgia's not bad at doing it, though, whenever they do get behind. Uh, the next one we'll go into is the Eastern Kentucky and Kentucky game. 
Uh, Eastern Kentucky kind of gave them a run at the beginning of this game, I believe. At the beginning of this game, it was actually 7 to nothing Eastern Kentucky. And that was until the end of the first half. And then uh, Kentucky returned a punt all the way down to about their 30. Once they got to their 30, it was kind of easy for them to get in the end zone. But we have 7-7 seven to seven at halftime. Yeah. Can't say much because of our showing this weekend. But, uh, you know, it ended up being 27 to – or 28-17. Uh, so they did take care of business. But another one that's a little too close for comfort for Kentucky. And uh, Tripp faded them again, and he got him a dub on that one. I'm going to continue to fade the Kentucky Wildcats. <laughs> Y'all were talking about me hating on the Kentucky Wildcats. Christopher – Said something about it last week. They barely covered week one. They shouldn't have covered. It was special teams again that that helped them cover. But I mean, this week, I don't think they're covering again. To be honest, but go ahead and give you a preview into my picks. <laughs> I don't think they're. If it's anything over 15 points, I don't think they're covering. But uh, I will say a good thing is Devin Leary looked great in this game. I mean, he had four passing touchdowns, 300 yards through the air. He threw all over them. And special teams, their their punt returner is legit. I mean, that kid is quick. He can, he makes a lot of good moves. And when we, you're kicking off to him, you get a little nervous. But uh, other than that, Kentucky looked, they just came out stagnant. And second half, it's not like they dominated. It was 21 to 10 second half. You know what I mean? And I mean, just, it was a football game. It was just game. not a good showing from Kentucky this this past weekend. Nor yeah. was it a good showing for Tennessee. If y'all wanna, y'all want to say something about that, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, where, where are we going to next? <laughs> <laughs> hop off, hop off that real quick. Uh, next, we're going to Texas A and M and Miami down in uh, Miami, Florida. Um, this was a really good back and forth football game. One team would get ahead, then the next team would get ahead or answer. I mean, it was an extremely good back and forth football game. Um, you know, it just Miami ended up getting the best of them. Um, I know that Kyle Van Dyke in this game, he he threw for seventy percent, three hundred and seventy yards and five touchdowns. I mean, that's just impressive. Um, I think the pivotal point in this game was let's see, when was it? Uh, A&M missed a field goal, and then, uh, let's see, Miami drove down and scored. Oh, yeah, Miami drove down and scored with, like, a minute left in the game. So Mm -hmm. they threw a a good, you know, two-minute offense together. And then right after that, they they, they have – after the half, Texas A&M only scores three, and then Miami drives back down the field, scores again. And that's just, you know, that's kind of when the pivotal point turned turned for them. I know Wiegman, uh, he also had an interception in this game, and – they might have had another turnover, so it's kind of like, kind of like I said in that Texas, uh, Texas and Alabama game. Who, who, who made the most mistakes? Yeah, and that that seemed to be Texas A and M. Yeah, I mean it was a shootout throughout the whole game. I think it was twenty-one seventeen at halftime. I just felt like Miami. Every time I went to go check on that game, I watched that game. It just seemed like Miami had an edge that entire game, and then they had. That pivotal point, like you're talking about, <laughs> where it turned around a little bit. But uh, when you're playing in a game, especially a shootout like that, whoever turns the ball over usually is the team that's going to win. Like you said, whoever Absolutely. makes the most mistakes, you got to play pretty much a perfect game when you're playing a good team. And I feel like these are two pretty solid teams, and Miami just turned out to be better this right, week. Right, right. So. Yep, mistakes and shootouts will really get you. Uh, next one we'll climb into is Ole Miss and Tulane. You got anything on that one for us? Well, Ole Miss, 17-point victory. That's impressive against a team who beat USC last 
last year. Jackson Dart. They're a good two-lane team. Jackson Dart, once again, looking very, very good. I think he's somewhere in those Heisman odds, probably in the top ten. I just He's had a, a bunch of impressive games to me. He's looked m- much more matured, not throwing the ball into traffic as much as he has been. He did have a interception in this game, though, which luckily didn't really bite him in the butt too bad. Um, it was a close game all the way throughout this game, and in the fourth quarter, Ole Miss just took over, shut them out 20 to nothing, and just they showed up when they needed to and took took control of that game. Yeah, exactly. Really, the way they finished the game is the way that you know this game got ended up turning or out. Twenty to three. Sorry. At one point, at one point, it was seventeen to seven though in this game. Tulane, yeah. Tulane was up seventeen seven, and uh, Ole Miss just kicked it in another gear and turned it on. Um, I believe that a big play that you know Lane Kiffin always got to be gutsy. He was gutsy once again. They were up three, and it's fourth and four. They are in their territory, but they're in field goal position. All they have to do, there's like, uh, I believe there's like four minutes left in the game. So, really, if you just kicked another field goal here, you force their team to have to go down and score a touchdown, not Lane Kiffin. He goes for it on fourth and four. He ends up getting the touchdown on that exact play. So, then they're up ten. Really hard to come back from that ten-point uh, deficit mm-hmm. with four minutes left. So, that's what, that's what really uh, was the difference for me in this game. Another struggle game. No, yeah. Struggle win for Arkansas against SEC Kent State. Teams tends to struggle with Kent State, huh? Yeah, I guess so. It was kind of like the Tennessee game, to be honest. I mean, 28-6, to It just very slow start, stagnant offense to begin the game for Arkansas. But much like that game, I feel like they might have been not using their whole playbook out there. I mean, uh, they there wasn't a whole lot of variety in the play calling. And Raheem Sanders did not play in that game. They're stud running back. But still, their offense should not have struggled as much as they did against Kent State. Um, K.J. Jefferson threw a couple of touchdown passes, and they ended up kind of rolling through them. They scored seven points in every quarter. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of a odd thing. I don't I don't know what to really say about that. I don't really know what to say about this game. I don't know what to think about Arkansas. Yeah, at this point, I don't either. You know, K.J. Jefferson only had like 136 yards through the air. I don't know if he came out at some point in this game. I didn't watch the game, but, um, you know, 28-7 to over Kent State, uh, it's nothing terrible to look at, but at the same time, it's nothing great to look at. I mean, Kent State, I'm pretty sure they have a, a pretty solid defense like they did last year, so, um, you know, not, not a lot to take from this one. Besides, it's probably these teams, you know, I feel like they're just overlooking to next week. Uh, not not exactly that they're overlooking these teams. They're they're ready to play these teams. They're prepped for them, but at the same time, I think they're already prepping for week three. It's time to get in the conference play. Let's we should be able to take care of these teams. It's either that or with all the NIL, all the new transfer stuff going on. Really, probably mostly the transfers is maybe these weaker opponents are actually getting better. Yeah, I mean you know that's something to look at. Um, and at the same time, I don't know, is the SEC taking a decline? I, I wouldn't like to think so, but uh, it's something to it's something to look at. It's something to think about as we climb into another one, uh, Tennessee and Austin P. one that should have been handled better than yeah, it was. Absolutely. Definitely should have handled it better. I'd say sorry for uh, hopping on that Tennessee train just a little too hard lately. <laughs> and then we just disappoint like this. But uh, honestly, I don't know what to think about this Tennessee team anymore. I thought... To be honest, we were going to go out and dominate this game, but 
I feel like we only used like 20% of the playbook. I mean, we ran screen pass after screen pass, little inside zone run plays after, I mean, Jalen Wright had 118 yards on the ground. He only ran the ball like 12, 13 times. He's at, he's second in the FBS in, in yards per carry. He's 9, 9.3 yards per carry. We could have just ran him all game, but for some reason, we just didn't. It looked like it looked like we were out there practicing. That's what Chris, we were on the phone earlier today, and Chris said it looked like I was watching a practice or something against the, the scout team, and the scout team came to play. Yeah, I mean, that Austin sure. P team came in with way more fire. They were jumping around the entire game. I mean, the the crowd would boo them, and they're on the sideline jumping. So this game also got a little scrappy. I mean, there was a point where we had, there was two Austin P guys holding down a Tennessee defender and picking him up, slamming him, choking him on the ground. They didn't show that on TV, though. They showed the part where he got up and threw some punches, but they didn't <laughs> show the part where he got tag-teamed. Just wanted to throw that out there so that clear his <laughs> name. But Tennessee just slow, slow, slow start. Absolutely looked like dog crap. And uh, I think we're going to have a bad taste in our mouth turning around in the swamp. What you I got? Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I mean, it did almost look like we were out there at practice, but I can promise you that Austin P didn't come to practice. They came to play. Uh, they really did. They they were. They were fired up. Um, as we watched the game, and they, they started warming up over there on, on their side of the 50, I was just looking at them, and I looked at Tripp, and I was like, this this team didn't come here to lose. And it, I was already a little bit worried. Uh, not that Tennessee was underprepared by any means or looked like they didn't care or nonchalant, but uh, I could just tell that Austin P was there. You know, they're, they're from Tennessee. They're playing Tennessee, the nine-ranked team in the country. It's their Super Bowl. I completely understand. They were well coached. Um, they looked good. Um, Tennessee, uh, they they had like at least, I think they had like 200 yards rushing on the ground um, at least. I don't know what the actual number is. I'm not looking at it. But um, that they ran the ball really well off of very few rushes. Um, so I, I don't really think that – I think that they were practicing some things. They threw lots of screens. They were they were doing lots of one plays. They were just running screen to the side, screen to this side. Um, so I really think they were trying to work out some kinks before they step into conference play, um, and hopefully they did work those kinks out. Um, the biggest thing was at the beginning of the game, lots of drops. I mean, we're talking yeah. multiple drops, like seven, eight drops possibly. And I'm not going to blame it all on the receivers, but it was hitting them in the hands. Um, Joe Milton was a little off on these passes. Um, they should have been a little more to the lead uh, rather than to as as they're running this way to the to the backside. Um, but these these receivers should have should have had good enough hands to catch it. Yeah. So uh, I hope I hope we're ready to step it up um, as we walk into the swamp because I can promise you that they're going to be ready as they just dogged McNeese last week. So um, yeah what I got to say for them. I guess we'll uh, we'll climb into Missouri and Middle Tennessee State, one that I believed that Missouri was going to cover on, and uh, they dang sure didn't. And uh, yeah, they, they proved, I mean, they do have a good defense, but obviously Middle Tennessee State did enough to put up 19 points um, rather than the, the lousy, what, three that they had against Alabama the week before. <laughs> I think yeah. they, were, uh, they were ready to defeat their team too. Uh, I think uh, uh, Missouri's defense is what got them the win here. I mean, I know 19 points against a team like Middle Tennessee State isn't really what you want to see, but their offense absolutely did not come to play. I mean, only 10 points in the first half and 13 in the second half. They actually lost the fourth quarter. So, I mean, it was really just their defense holding on enough for their offense to put up enough points to just hold off Middle Tennessee State. It was – 
the definition of a struggle win, and Missouri just did not look good at all. Just flat out sucked. If they play against any type of SEC team or a team better than Middle Tennessee State, like uh, Michigan or Ohio State or Penn State or even Clemson, <laughs> and I know they just got beat by freaking Duke. If they played anyone like that, they're getting beat. So they they got a offensive side of the ball has got to turn it on. Yeah. Uh. We're going to just kind of fly through a couple of these because there's not really much to say about them. Uh, not just because we're going into into the, uh, the, the Gator-Hater week. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Florida absolutely took care of business against McNeese, and that's that's really all there is to say. I mean, Graham Mertz, he threw for 193 yards, and they look great on the ground. I mean, golly, that kid ran for 119 yards, but uh, – you know, they probably were trying to do the opposite of – I'm not saying they weren't overlooking or any by, by any means to Tennessee. I'm sure they're already looking at Tennessee. But they needed to uh, shake off that loss from Utah yeah. and go ahead and just beat the crap out of somebody. So, I'm sure they really did look at McNeese and make sure they did that. And they absolutely did that. Can't take that away from them. So. And then Grambling versus LSU. I mean – LSU just stomped them, 72 to 10. Jaden Daniels had five passing touchdowns and about 270 yards of the air. It was just complete dominance. There's really nothing else to say about it. They they ate their cupcake and they didn't choke on it. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, what what's what's next? Uh, next we got the Arizona Mississippi State one that ended up going into overtime. I did I did not expect this yeah. one to have to go into overtime. Uh, this is a very surprising game to me. Very surprising game. It was kind of a defensive matchup, a defensive game a little bit, although Arizona, I know their quarterback threw for like over 350 yards. Oh, yeah. Uh, but one thing that was that kind of stood out to me was Will Rogers didn't – he hasn't really slung it through the air yet this year. Yeah, I mean um, – That kind of worries us yeah. as we had them as our dark horse. And <laughs> yeah. the biggest thing we said about them why we have them as our dark horse is Will Rogers yeah. is going to just throw all over – Everybody like he's done his whole entire career. Yeah. I mean, but he's yet to do it this year. Just uh, a just as a vouch for Will Rogers, they only threw the ball seventeen times. That is unheard of in Mississippi State football. They ha- are used to that air raid offense, and they ran the ball the majority of the game. I mean, their running back had twenty four carries, if I I believe, and one hundred sixty yards or one hundred twenty three yards. I mean, and um. They ran the ball a lot, and their defense won in this game. I know you're sitting here making 24 points. Their defense won in this game. They had five turnovers. Okay, You five. can't have five turnovers against anyone and win. If you do, then I don't even know what to say. That's insane. Yeah, it's, just, <laughs> but it's almost they, more sad to say about Mississippi State. Yeah. Though. I, know, I know they forced five turnovers, but, but at the had, same time, it's like they yeah. had to force five turnovers to win this game. Yeah, they, they had to force five turnovers to beat a weaker inferior opponent and they had to take them to overtime to do so and I mean it's not like Will Rogers didn't play good he he was 14 for 17 on his or 13 for 17 on his passes and 160 yards and three touchdowns but Mississippi State you're expecting them to air the ball out and him to have crazier numbers than that but yeah Mississippi State just didn't look it was I wasn't convinced in that game you know what I mean yeah I don't know yeah. what's going on let the big dog eat. Let him let him throw it around the block a little bit. Yeah. Uh, next game, uh, South Carolina and Furman. South Carolina took care of business against Furman. Uh, I thought they would beat them a little worse than they did, but good showing. Rattler throws for about 350. Um, they didn't keep it on the ground that much. I think their 
you know, their best rusher had like 40 yards on the ground. Um, just just took care of business against Furman uh, as they step into this this week to, to face the number one dog. Uh, good luck to you. I think, like you said, with Florida, this was a game to bounce back from that tough loss against North right. Carolina. Right. And um, still the defense, 21 points to Furman. It's an FCS school, I believe. Right. And that's that's not what you want to see, especially when you're going into Georgia week. But Spencer Rattler finally got a little bit of protection this week through four touchdowns. 350 yards to the air. He just absolutely aired it out. I mean, looking like last year, we need to see some improvement from Spencer Rattler if this South Carolina team wants to be better than an 8-4 t- team. You know what I mean? Right. But um, let's hop into Auburn versus California. Auburn Berkeley. Cal, big old, big defensive matchup here. Probably the Ugly. Most, <laughs> most boring game I've ever stayed up at 3 a.m. to watch. Um, Auburn had six first downs in the first three quarters of the game. Six first downs. That's how this game went. It was extremely defensive. They had under 100 passing yards. Absolutely atrocious. And they won the game. So I was about to say, how did they win this game? <laughs> I did not get to stay up till 3 and watch this <laughs> one, and I didn't watch it over. So, as I'm sitting here looking at the stats, how in the world did Auburn win this game? I mean, they were down for the majority of the game. In the fourth quarter, they scored a touchdown. Their defense just held on. It was very boring. Very, very, very boring watch. <laughs> I mean, it was 10-7 to 7 at halftime, and it was 10-7 to 7 up until, like, eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. If you're quarter. a defensive guru, you loved this game. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a defensive battle. <laughs> or or it really was just poor off. I have no idea. It was, <laughs> it was, not, a, it was not a fun game, but it was a gritty, gritty road victory is what uh, the SEC analysts like to say. I hear you. Um, so we're gonna walk. We'll go ahead and hop into this week's games. Yep. Let's walk through this week's games and our picks. It's the first game we want to talk about. Um, we can go ahead and hop on uh, Kansas State versus Mississippi. No, it's Missouri. It's Missouri. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is one of my my biggest picks on TikTok, and I don't even know who they're playing. <laughs> um, I was trying to get this fixed over here on the iPad, but uh, yeah, Kansas State versus Missouri. Um, I definitely have Kansas State covering the four and a half. This is one of my biggest picks of the week. I'm not the greatest at picking SEC football, but I I do have two of these as my as my picks. Uh, last week I went three and three on my favorite picks. So take take a look at the TikTok. Um, Kansas State versus Missouri. Yeah, I got I got Kansas State minus the four and a half. I think they'll be able to do enough offense as a uh, Middle Tennessee State. I mean they put up 19, so I think a, a team like Kansas State could for sure put up something like 28 and then hold hold Missouri to 21 or something like that. I'm glad you're not picking the SEC because you picked the games last week. I mean, what was <laughs> it? You picked four games, you three wins and a push. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. Three yeah. three for three with one push. I'm glad. I'm glad you're missing the SEC because I'm missing pretty bad too. But <laughs> I also have Kansas State covering the four-and-a-half-point spread. Um, only reason I have, have this is because Missouri just started off really slow. And uh, it's going to probably they're they're going to depend on their defense too much in this game, and I just don't know that um, the offense is going to put up enough numbers for them to to win this game. And I have Kansas State winning by about ten. So that's what I think. Kansas State winning by about ten. I hear you. That's about what I've got too. I mean, that's why I've got them as one of my favorite picks. Um, the next one we can we can go ahead and hop into is uh, LSU and Mississippi State. Mm-mm. LSU and Mississippi State. I've got LSU covering this number. Mississippi State just hasn't looked promising enough for me on offense. Um, 
if they do finally let Will Rogers sling it around, then maybe I got beat on this one too. But I'm taking LSU minus the nine and a half. I think maybe they just covered by the ten. Honestly, LSU could could turn this one into something ugly if they you know take out their frustrations from Florida State on. Here's our here's our difference, and honestly, questioning my pick right now, but I want to <laughs> stick with it because I. We had a lot of the same picks last week except for one, so I want to stay bold. Maybe I can get a win here. But uh, Mississippi State, I don't think – I think they uh, don't lose by ten points in this game. Like, I think it will be a good game. I think Mississippi State has a bad taste in their mouth from that Arizona game. And they're going to be concentrate this week on LSU. And they're going to come out hot. Might have a hot start, maybe a bomb to start off the game or something like that. And uh, I think – Mississippi State, they could they could pull this game out. They, this is an upset watch for me because LSU got manhandled against FSU and then turned around, whooped up on Grambling State, but they could be overlooking Mississippi State, as a lot yeah. of people are. I'm sorry for you, but the, the upset's not happening. Let's climb into one where I do think the upset is probably going to happen. This is Georgia, South Carolina. I'm just kidding with you all. The upset <laughs> Dogs on top, but I don't think they cover the 27 and a half, and I don't even feel comfortable, you know, picking South Carolina to 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 cover this 27 and a half. Um, but I've got to take South Carolina plus the 27 and a half. You know, if they I could really see Georgia winning this game by 28 points, and that if that extra hook would really help me if I could just have 28, and I'd feel feel decent about it at least. But I'm gonna take South Carolina plus the points against a much better Georgia football team. Back-to-back bold predictions. <laughs> the South Carolina, Georgia's not covering the 27-and-a-half spread. South Carolina is the team that always, always, just every once in a while puts up a fight against Georgia, even upsets them. I don't think by any means they're going to upset this Georgia team, but I don't think Georgia's going to beat them by 28 points. I just I feel like they're – I just feel like South Carolina's offense is going to put up more more numbers than than it than Georgia will be able to put up beat them by 28 points. Jesus, I'm stumbling over my words. I'm like an idiot right now. But <laughs> yeah, we we get where you're I going think, with it. I think that Georgia's pass rush is what's going to win on this game, but I do I not completely agree. do not think they're going to cover 27 and a half points. Yeah, I mean, South Carolina's offensive line looked pretty weak against uh, yeah. North Carolina, so they've got another team coming in Georgia. That that defensive line is going to be tougher. So, Rattler, get ready. Uh, put your big boy pads on because you about to be getting hit all day. <laughs> uh, next one we'll climb into is Alabama versus uh, South Florida. Um, man, Alabama's about to take their frustrations out on South Florida, I believe. Um, so that is why I do have them covering the 32. Uh, they might just cover, beat them by about 35. Um, South Florida's mm, decent football team. Um, you know, got a got a good head coach. That's all I can tell you. Uh, they might they might turn something around soon. But yeah, I got I got Alabama covering the 32. You know what? Back to back to back. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> nah, South Florida, they're gonna get their freaking butts kicked. They're gonna get whooped by Alabama. Alabama is angry from last week. Nick Saban is probably going to withhold their water privileges this week at practice. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) Alabama is going to beat the crap out of South Florida. But, you know, Golish did put up 52 points with them balls last year running that offense. So he might 
He might score a few points here and there, but I don't think it's he's got the Jimmys and Joes. He don't have the Jimmys and Joes. He may have the X's and O's, but he definitely <laughs> don't got the Jimmys and Joes to beat Alabama or even compete with Alabama, in yeah. my opinion. I think Alabama, takes Alabama the, covers, the covers the 32-point spread. Here you um, Next one we're going to climb into is ULM versus Texas A&M. Texas A&M has given up 36.5 points, and that's why I'm going to take ULM. I think this is just too many points for Texas A&M. Last time I said it was too many points for Texas A&M, I was wrong. But this time, it's going to be different. ULM plus the 36.5, baby. I agree. This is probably another bold prediction, but I just that's such a big number. And Texas A&M, they beat New Mexico by 42. That's not too far off from this 37 number, and they just put up 33 points against Miami. So I feel like because of those two games, it's making me think they might not beat ULM by 37 points. It's just such a high number. I do think they're going to go and take care of business. I think they're going to turn around from last week and try and prove something this week and just take care of business against ULM. But 37 points is, is, is a big number for me, so I don't think they'll cover that. I got you. Uh, next one is uh, Tennessee versus Florida. Uh, this is one of my other favorite picks of the week on the podcast. So two of them are actually involving SEC schools. One of them I'm fading, and uh, obviously you have to take an SEC school in this one because it's SEC versus SEC. But I'm definitely uh, taking the balls in this situation. Uh, this number would have been completely different if Tennessee would have just taken care of business against Austin P the way they should have. Now, granted, I get it that they didn't, and so you're saying, well, that's why the number is the way it is now. I'm just saying, I know it's in Gainesville. I know it's in the swamp, but I really uh, I just have Tennessee taking care of business and covering the six and a half. I did buy it down to six, but, uh, yeah. Um, I, I do believe, though, this is a this is a really big game for Napier and, and the Gators um, after that loss against Utah, and I get that. I understand the magnitude of this game, but – it's also a big game for Tennessee and the Vols. This is this is a pivotal point in each one of their schedules. Um, you, you take an L here, and it's just it just completely changes changes everything for the outcome of of the rest of your season. So I look forward to this game and Vols on top by twenty one. I, I agree about that. 21. It's it's definitely a uh, big game on both sides. And Napier, I feel like it's a must win right here in terms of his security with his job because he's not really getting a whole lot of, like, like out. there's not a good enough outcomes from the past two seasons for them to question his ability as a head coach. But um, I think Tennessee does cover the six and a half. It's going to be a great game. I don't think it's going to – I don't think the six and a half points, I think if Tennessee wins by 10 to 14, I don't think that's going to show how good of a game it was. I think the second half – is where Tennessee's going to turn it on, probably a close first half. Second half, Tennessee takes over. I um, think all the Tennessee has to do is stop the run. Last week, the running game, they had 300 rushing yards. And Graham Mertz, he, he just doesn't look very good to me. I think if Tennessee can make Florida one-dimensional and stop the run game, Graham Mertz is not going to win it for them. Mm-hmm. That's so that's why I have Tennessee covering the six and a half. I think Aaron Beasley is going to be a big player mm-hmm. in this game. He is leading the nation in tackles for loss. Absolutely. And he is fifth in the SEC in sacks. And he is a stud, dude. He's a stud. Yeah, when he's it comes gotten, to wreaking He's havoc. gotten better and better every year. Mm-hmm. And he is just a disruptor in the backfield. Absolutely. And uh, I think that him and 
Joshua um, Josephs and a Tyler Barron and James Pierce and guys like that shutting down the run game, I think that's the reason that Tennessee covers this six-and-a-half-point spread. I think they win somewhere around 34 to 24, some, something like that, like a 10-point game. Yeah, this game's definitely one on the ground. Yeah. Completely. Uh, next one we'll climb into is uh, Vandy and UNLV. Um, as I look down here and I've realized that I have Vandy circled once again for them just to probably let me down. Gosh, it makes me just want to exit out and circle UNLV. But I, I'm going to take my Vanderbilt Commodores once again to please cover the four points against UNLV. Come on now. Come on, Vandy. Help me with something. <laughs> I mean, Lord, y'all have made us look stupid up here. Leave me. So, uh, yeah, I'm taking Vandy once again. No, I've been right there with you. I mean, week one I said Vandy by 30, and they just barely scraped by Hawaii. But You didn't predict them to beat Wake Forest at the beginning. Of yeah, the I, didn't pre I didn't predict them to beat Wake Forest, <laughs> but I did predict them to cover last week, and they did not cover. Um, UNLV, I'm taking them this week. Four-point spread. I think Vandy barely does not cover that four points. I think they win by a field goal late in the game. I think they're just going to barely scrape by like they did with Hawaii. A.J. Swan, he's looked improved, but he's making too many, like, immature decisions, like rookie mistakes where he's thrown into traffic and holding on to the ball too long, things like that. And uh, I think Vanderbilt just barely scoots by UNLV. I hear you. You know, you're getting tired of getting tired of backing Vandy and them letting you down. So Yeah, they let me might down. Might as well. Uh, next one we'll look at is BYU and Arkansas. Uh, this is one I don't feel I don't feel great about, but I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the points with Arkansas. I'm gonna take them minus the eight. Uh, I don't feel great about it, but I'm gonna do it. I'm also gonna take Arkansas covering the eight point spread. Uh also don't feel very great about it to be honest just because of how they played last week against Kent State just very slow but I'm not sure if Raheem Sanders will be back in that game but if he is then I would take a 12 point spread uh, I think he is a huge huge part of that football team but I'm looking at KJ Jefferson turning it on I'm looking at that Arkansas team just absolutely turning it on and being angry about last week a lot of teams are angry about last week because the SEC just has not looked like the SEC these first two weeks. Definitely not. But uh, what about uh, Ole Miss and Georgia Tech? What do we got on that game? Ole Miss and Georgia Tech. Uh, I'm going to have to take Tech plus the points. I know they look good in the opener versus Louisville, uh, and that's the biggest thing I have on Tech. Uh, I know that they can throw the ball this year. Uh you know, you're used to seeing these tech offenses that keep it on the ground, try to ground and pound, try to control the clock. Uh, they're slinging it. Uh, so I, I've got to take tech plus, plus points here, and uh, I would love to see a tech upset. I really would. I, I would love to see a tech upset. I just don't know they're going to get it done. I mean, you're looking at an Ole Miss team who just beat Tulane by 17, and then the point spread against Georgia Tech is 18. So I feel like I have to take Ole Miss. It might be a trap pick. You know what I mean? Like, Tech, they are different than they have have been in the past. So they used to run that, like, triple option, like, just slow, run the ball, burn the clock, like Chris said. And they've been slinging it this year. But I think Ole Miss is just more talented, a better team, a more physical team. And I think it might be close in the first half, maybe even the first three quarters. But I think Ole Miss is going to eventually just – 
pull away and never come back. <laughs> I hear you. Um, I like Tech. I like Tech in that one. I really do. Last game is a Kentucky versus Akron. Kentucky versus Akron. What you uh, got on that game? You know what? I'm uh, I'm tired of Kentucky too. I've been one and one with them this year, but I'm gonna have to take Akron in this one with Kentucky slow starts. Uh, you know they might be. This is week three. They might be ready to put it all together and you know completely demoralize a team like Akron. But I gotta take Akron plus the points. You know, I'm once again fading Kentucky because they hadn't got it done really. <laughs> because you all hate year. Kentucky. And I also just <laughs> very biased. I don't like Kentucky. Just go ahead and tell you, um, Akron's not a good football team. Kentucky should beat them uh, pretty good, but I don't think they're going to. 25 points is too big of a number when you're talking about the Kentucky football team. I don't care if they're playing West Eastern Michigan State. Uh, it's, I just don't think they're going to cover that. Uh, it's a new, t- a lot of new people are out there. Maybe they mesh it together. Maybe Devin Leary last week he looked great opposed to his week one performance. Maybe he's learning that offense a little more. and Maybe he's getting more – Experience. He's getting better chemistry with the guys out wide, so maybe maybe they'll put it together and finally beat up on a team that they should beat up on. But for now, I'm taking Akron, and I don't have Kentucky covering 25 points. I'm with you, man. I just hope we uh, we have a better a better set of picks this year yeah. or this week. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good lord, we we need a little something. I hope I really everything you have against me. I hope I get you on. I, I need the edge. I'm see. I'm down by two right now. Down by two, so y'all, uh, y'all send some love to me. How many, how many games do we have different this week? Let's see. Let's we got, see, uh, I got different on this game, and I think two, two. So you could completely tie me this week with the. Yeah, we get tied up. Picks. Let's tie it up. Let's <laughs> let's put put our foot on that neck. You know. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's uh let's get out of here. I'm excited for next week. We'll see how this week goes. Hopefully them balls turn around. We'll see you all next week. See you guys. Go balls.